You're listening to the world famous White Roof Radio, with cast number four. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the world famous White Roof Radio, with cast number 532 for Monday, December 8th, 2014. Tonight brought to you by motoringbadges.com, cravenspeed.com, and outmotoring.com. Many performance, speed, and style. It's outmotoring.com. It only took me three tries. Hey, John. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, it's DB in Arizona bringing you a brand new episode of the world-famous White Roof Radio. Back from our Thanksgiving break, uh, normal service resuming and all that stuff. Joining us this evening, as always, my good friend Todd Pearson. Todd, say hi. Greetings. Uh, of course, Chad Miller's here. Uh, the Reverend Chad Miller from Detroit Tune, DetroitTune.com. Chad? Hello. Oh, he sounds really good tonight, too. And of course, the new kid, Alex. Alex, say hi. Hi. Everybody. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, he sounds like Sorry, Peter Alex is 12. Sorry, and now he's, he's had puberty. He's at 12. <laughs> and then also joining us as a special treat tonight, the CEO of Petrolicious is Afshin. Afshin, say your last name for me because I'll mess it up. It's Afshin Benia. There it is right there. The man, the myth, the legend. He's the, the CEO of Petrolicious.com. You guys might not know Petrolicious.com. You but should. You should, because if you were checking out White Rufredo's Facebook page last week, you saw a really awesome video of some kid with a classic driving him uh, up PCH in Newport Beach and around Balboa Island and on Ortega Highway. That is Petrolicious. Or if you saw like the, the there's like a video of some old guy with a big pile of Chevelles, that's Petrolicious. And just like some 240Zs, all these really classic, really cool cars videos, you saw them, they're from Petrolicious. We talk, we're going to talk to him later tonight as well. Very, very cool guy. And uh, I've been hooked on Petrolicious for uh, for some time now. And uh, actually, the, I think the very first video that I watched on the website was about a BMW 2002 Ti. Yeah. And mm. since then, I got hooked. I mean, the quality of the videos and also obviously the cars just makes you come back, uh, you know, every time they release something new. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so we're going to talk to him. Plus, we're going to do news from the week uh, at motoringfollow.com. We're going to start with all that here in just a minute. Before we do... Let's uh let's remember it's Christmas time, guys. Christmas time, which means nobody's gonna actually go over to my Facebook page and click through to buy me that uh, Triumph TR4 that I posted uh, earlier last week. Uh, it was fifteen grand, so I I totally let it go. But instead, what would be really awesome is if you head over to CravenSpeed.com and buy something nice for the favorite mini nerd in your family in your life. CravenSpeed is where you get the really cool stuff, the mini dipstick that we like, uh, the FlexPod. You shouldn't have a mini without that. Uh, the F56 intake, which I've actually seen one installed. Our friend Larry in Vegas, he put one in his car. There's a picture on the website even. Yep. Um, and it looks like a really nice piece. Uh, and, of course, the N-Gage system and a host of other things all available over at CravenSpeed.com. All you have to do is you click over there, you find what you like, add it to your cart and you check out and then when you do check out leave a note say hey white roof radio sent me we really think we really think that's cool and so do they we appreciate all the help that craven speed gives us in keeping white roof radio up and running and anything you could do to help out with them would be greatly appreciated thank you and please uh, again that's our friends over at craven speed cravenspeed.com home of the uh, koala intake manifold spacer <laughs> love it that was on the website i don't know i don't know how about some news music boom Let's just go ahead and start right at that spot. Did you guys see the pictures of the mini, the mini Challenge F56 car? That car looks bad 
ass. Dude, that car looks badass. <laughs> I know. That car looks like it should be like in a Red Bull like race around Vegas or something. And really, the only <laughs> thing about this car is it's clearly it's lowered. The um, those flares on the side look like they're a little bit uh, the, the front end body kit looks different. It's got that kick ass wing in the back, and it's got it's covered in stickers. Yeah, there's a there's definitely more of an air dam on the front end that that seems to be lowered. But that that to me tells you what lowering a car and some stickers do to increase the uh, the look of it. Hey Chad, j- just just you know, because you're you've got a great amount of experience on this. Based yes. on the quantity of stickers on this car, what do you think the horsepower gain was? <laughs> uh, it's it's got to be at least thirty five. At yeah. least, right there. I mean, there's a lot of stickers on this car. It's a good looking car, and they're though. high quality stickers. I mean, there's a Pirelli yeah. sticker, a Forge sticker, uh, Power <laughs> Max <laughs> sticker. There's a lot of stickers down the side. When when Dude. you got like a, a sticker that goes with the color of the car, that's like five horsepower. But when you start like throwing yellow stickers on a silver car. Yeah, it's like a negative two, you know. So oh, and, and the white so, mirror caps. So there is real math here. The so white, yeah, yeah. You have to really start kind of adding it. Thirty-five is it's a good. It's no, good. Todd, you should be sending a sticker package to a uh, you know sticker performance package. I will. That you can add thirty-five horsepower to your car. <laughs> Visual horsepower. The thirty-five horsepower sticker pack now at motoringpages.com. Sunoco, you get you get five horsepower just for that. Sunoco. Anyway, can you guys imagine a JCW car? Now I want a JCW F fifty six so I could put it on uh, coilovers and get the wing. It's amazing. I don't know if the wing, looks, but those that looks badass. The rear diffusers look amazing, but that's pretty much what the the previous car. They're they're similar to that. This is a more yeah. aggressive kind of version of that and you can tell it's it's race prepped because you can see the welds where well, it goes yeah, it's in got a full roll up. cage too oh yeah yeah this car's been totally race there's prepped. videos there so yeah yeah the car's been totally race prepped but if it gives us any clue of maybe what the jcw the full-on factory jcw might you know and, and it really is i mean it's it's pretty much the the jcw aero kit with the addition of the rear diffuser, uh, the front dam on the bottom is a little more aggressive. I don't think they'll go that with production, but yeah. um, it's a good looking and, car. Well, and talking other, about yeah, you know, and really quick, one other thing that this car is going to have besides all the fancy, you know, the 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 roll cage and the fancy bodywork and all that, is it's going to have almost 275 uh, horsepower. That's ridiculous. Based on that, that's on the UK standard, so that's BHP. So that's going to be closer to like 250, 250, 250, 250 260 horsepower. That's insane. With a sequential gearbox and a special ECU. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I'm talking in. about I'm JC, yeah, talking about JCW, I think uh, I think they should be announced it uh, on the on the web, on the interwebs uh, in a couple of weeks actually. And in the meantime, people can get uh, their new JCW suspension. Yes, yes, and the JCW suspension, which much to everyone's surprise and glee, if you will, is going to be adjustable, much like it was on the GP from a year ago. Yeah, on the first, second gen GP. Yeah, and uh, it's ten to twenty millimeter adjustable, which is uh, a pretty good amount, um, wouldn't you say, Chad? Yes. Yeah, I mean, um, and for different, you know, the way you drive please, now. Please forgive the Reverend tonight. He's uh, he's distracted by old Dodge Omnis. <laughs> <laughs> zoom, zoom. Yeah, zoom, zoom. I think exactly. I think the problem is, and Chad, you'll probably see this. Is somebody comes in and they want they're gonna. 
you know, try and crank this thing down as far as possible and get as much camber as possible, and then they're going to end up going through tires like a big dog. I mean, yeah. they'll get well, 7,000 miles out of a set of tires. <laughs> it, de- it depends on how much camber you can actually get out of the car because right. on a lot of uh, R56s nowadays, we'll pull the pins and we can get almost a degree of camber out of the front, and those cars handle a lot better because yeah. of that but aren't chewing through tires like, really? you know, night and day yeah yeah one degree of camber is not a lot lot. but it will really give you a lot of extra handling so anytime you have some adjustability whether it's in sway bars or camber and stuff like that that's a really a good option because over time and one of the things that i'm seeing is you know we all love that minis started having some rear camber adjustability the camber still not enough yeah and we're actually having to add control arms to cars that like well, you have the adjustment, but you don't have enough adjustment. We can't bring this back into spec. Why is that? So having extra adjustment is awesome. How how hard is it to uh, adjust on your own for this? Is it going to be the kind of thing you have to take to a dealer or somebody like oh, you? Oh, yeah. yeah you, you're either the dealer or somebody that has a uh, alignment rack or something like that that can actually put a... Uh, what we call mirrors on the uh, on the wheels, so you can see exactly what your camera is. Now, the guy at home that's the autocross guy that has you know eats his sandwiches with the fork and knife, like, <clears> and he's got a long set of wrenches. Yeah, I mean he can he can do stuff with strings and measurements and tapes and stuff, and he can get really really close. Right, but you're never going to be able to get as close as you can with an actual machine. But you know you really have to understand what those measurements are, why you're and where you're coming up with these measurements and you can get really really close but having somebody that really knows what they're doing and allows you to sit in the car and you go there with a full tank of gas and stuff like that you will really notice a difference on a really good alignment so i got a question for you guys so uh, i'm reading the comments and uh on, no, on this post no but not the, the not, the, not the bad comments a good <laughs> one and so I read that I mean, basically Gabe is saying that the the JCW stock suspension will not be as aggressive as this one. So this the the, the example of the suspension and also the exhaust make me think that if you don't buy a JCW, you can actually, except for the horsepower count, you can actually have a better car if you buy an S. I agree with you. Add add the exhaust and then add the suspension, which. It seems and and be then you better. can add the body kit because there's a lot of people that have done that on the R56 cars. Like uh, I know I've seen some pe- some people have done with like a Roadsters. So basically, they buy a Roadster with the JCW exterior and interior kit, and you can't tell the difference except no. for the horsepower. No, you can even so, rebadge so, it. Yeah, so you can even rebadge it. So what I don't understand is that where is the exclusivity that some of the owners were complaining about? Where is it coming from? It's not as far as I'm seeing. It's not coming from anywhere. I mean, you know, granted we haven't seen the car yet, but it's not except for the house horsepower. It's not coming from anywhere. I, I think don't see this car being more exclusive red, than a regular S. It's going to be the horsepower. Roof. When your difference is is going to be from two hundred to two say two twenty five. There's a there's a there's a big gap there. Um, yeah, I mean that's, that's a that's huge. That's a pretty big leap, and I think that in and of itself. Now that being said, I agree with you. What Mini's doing here seems to be a bit of a money grab. Is they're trying to get people with the money to buy the factory JCW and then add all these parts to bring it onto a full on ridiculous car. Right. But from what it sounds like now, we don't know this for sure. But from what it sounds like, to get the full performance, you would have to buy. The full factory JCW, 
you'll have to spend the extra couple of grand for a suspension and then maybe another couple of grand for the JCW exhaust that's, yeah. that's got that flap on it because the the factory one, from what we know now at this point, is not going to come, the factory JCW yeah. is not going to come yeah. with that special exhaust. Right. So you're looking at an extra probably four to five four thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah four yeah. to five thousand dollars on top of the price of the JCW. You're yeah, up so into yeah, forty thousand. Cooper gets the JCW stuff and then a hundred shot bottle underneath the back seat. Boom, <laughs> down and down. <laughs> yeah, because you're 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 close to forty grand now for a mini, and not everybody has that kind of money. For uh, and for forty grand, I'm going to buy you one thirty five M. Yes, yes. Well, that's, the, you know, if you guys remember. We yeah. talked about this before, another JCW car that came out the high price tag, and that was the JCW Roadster, the motoring file, the last motoring file company car. Mm-hmm. And remember what the Monroney sticker that was, on that was? That was damn near 50, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like 46. <laughs> I think it was, yeah. Ridiculous. It was upper 40s. <laughs> yeah, well, Gabe ordered it with everything, and you know, including leather, which was... Not long insane. ago, you know, that car was for sale in, uh, in the yeah, Philadelphia... Yeah, so the car was for sale in like New Jersey or something. It was Philadelphia yeah. area. Yeah. I, I would have bought it. Many That's a great car. Had it. Yeah. I think Gabe was thinking about buying it. To be I honest. was. I actually sent. I, I sent a message when I saw it, and I'm like, "Do you think I should buy this?" And he's like, "Yes." Yeah, because that was a that was a fantastic car. I, I couldn't drive a convertible every day, but man, I would I would drive that car every day because hmm. it was just fantastic. I'm hoping that the next that the F56 JCW elicits that kind of response from the drivers. You know what I'm saying? Well, we'll see. We'll see very soon. We'll learn yeah. very soon. We'll uh, le- uh, awesome. the, the internet debut will be in a couple of weeks, and uh, Wireproof Radio will be at Detroit for the uh, for the announcement. That's right. That'll be awesome. Cool. Um, moving on, Mini USA sales they're up ten percent for November. Hey, about, everybody, about do the, time so everybody can back off and shut up. The final <laughs> sigh of relief. Somebody stop scratching your microphone. The final big sigh. Sorry, it's me. It's me again. Sorry, I need to get off my. Uh, it's, it's November. <laughs> Alex hasn't shaved yet. <laughs> <laughs> and All nobody right. can tell. <laughs> I'm kidding. I kid. No, no, no it's, it's fine. Don't worry. Um. Anyway, sales up 10%. And, and when you really dive into the numbers, a lot of things are crazy about this because think about this from a year ago. The Clubman was still being made a year ago. We don't have that now. So yeah, that's going to skew total numbers quite a bit. So I think it makes these even a little bit better. Because what did somebody say? Well, five Clubman sold? Well, yeah, those are the ones left over. They haven't made the thing since July. So, well, no, they, there is a 2013 <clears throat> Clubman, but, I mean, you couldn't order it or anything. So. Well, they stopped, they stopped being produced in July is what I'm saying. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so um, really there aren't any new ones being you know produced, so of course they're not going to be selling a lot of them. So that kind of skews the numbers when you think about it because a year ago, what are we looking at here? In 2013... Um, they sold. There's 330. Yeah, 330, club, and then down to sold. Yeah, down to five this year. So right. that's going to skew the total numbers anyway. But right. if you look down and break down the individual numbers, the hardtop is has rebounded quite a bit to where people expected it would. Um, I think yeah, numbers, I, the Cooper numbers. numbers are just sad. Yeah, that's not, I, just, combined. Just they're selling about a hundred of those. Um, yeah, you know, a month. A, uh, no, that's less than one. Uh, it's, it's a hundred a year. No, 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 that's that's for the uh, that's just oh, for that's the just month. for the month. Yeah, yeah hundred a month. month, and so that means that's less than one per dealer in the U.S. Right, right. On average, in that and month, the, I mean, and the countryman numbers have dropped way off. Yeah, countryman's dropped off. Paceman took a dump. <laughs> Did you see right. that? <laughs> Down fifty-seven percent. 
Still it's because you didn't buy yours, uh, Todd. That's why. That's <laughs> you could have you exactly could have put the numbers up. It's your fault. I just you I could have the numbers up. <laughs> Even for that kind of I money, had a, uh, a so, guy in the shop yesterday. He had a windshield replaced by the dealer, eight hundred and seventy-five dollars for a paceman windshield. Yes. Ooh. Wow, that sounds like the. Uh, that that's why like... I'm not buying one right there because it's a thousand dollar windshield. Wow. Yeah, that's a good excuse. <laughs> that's a good excuse. That's like a Lamborghini so, but, windshield right there. Well, I mean, but to last year, we're, let's get back on the numbers. So last year, we've sold 500 more cars. Well, we, look at me. Um, they've sold 500 more cars than they did last year. So that's pretty strong for the month of so, November. Yeah. So I, I think it talks to, uh, it talks to the, uh, the, the attractiveness of the F56. Uh, and I think we're just seeing the beginning of it. Again, uh, just reminding the audience that we still have, we have yet to have, you know, 12 months straight of sales of the F56. It, right. it was right. announced uh, uh, November 2013 online and then released in dealer, I think, in April. And then all the you know the the issues that we encountered during 2014, but um, another thing that's interesting though is uh, when I was uh, in Paris for Thanksgiving, uh, I noticed that I, I saw a lot of new minis, but those were not F56. It was F55s all over the place. So Granite Paris is a is a bit of an exception because people will pretty much buy anything new on the on the face of the earth. It's still, it, I was very struck by the fact that I was seeing F55 all over the place and I know you know all of us uh, collectively has been predicting for some time that the F55 would be will become most likely Minis US's bestseller uh, in the coming months uh, but I'm, I'm I can't wait to see what the numbers are going to look like when when we have you know more data about the F55 because I think the pickup plus the F56 is going to be well, uh, crazy. And you know. guess and guess what they've uh, they've now shown up at dealers. We've got about a half a dozen of them at our local dealer here in Kansas City. And many has listened. The people who pre-ordered these cars, which uh, they call Priority One, which is like if you place an order for this, they're actually going to sell that car to you this year. You're not going to have to wait until January, like the rest of the people. So oh, they really are well going to they really are going to start selling some of these to kind of pad the okay. numbers, which I I applaud them for. I'm like, yeah. why why wait? They're at the dealers. You can see the cars. You can get in them. Uh, you can play with them. By the way, I did this past week. Uh, I got into the back seat. Of the F55, I hit my head rather hard. Okay. <laughs> um, the the uh, tiny rear door, and I mean tiny, and the car hole even tinier. Um, it is not for a full size adult. <laughs> no, the the back door, and I've talked to quite a few people. It's it's going to be great for kids and for small people. Yeah. Um, but it is tight. Now, when you get in the car, it it's okay. It feels like there's about as much space as there is in the regular two-door hardtop, you know. And, and we all spent some time in the back seat of that car on many takes estates. And it's not it's not terribly uncomfortable. It is with, you know, luggage all around you. But it's it's enough for a ride. And this one's the same. It felt like there was plenty of, of leg room and, and side room. Headroom was a little tight in the back. Like, if I leaned my head back, I hit the I hit the roof with my head. Um, but you kind of have to lean forward a little bit, and and it's okay. So uh, I was a little dis. <laughs> One way I was a little disappointed that it wasn't bigger, but then I was also a little glad that you know what this really isn't that big. <laughs> it's funny what you're saying because when I uh, when I was you know walking on the streets and, and looking at minis and stuff, I was like, oh, this is a new F56, and then I got closer. I was like, no, it's actually an F55. Yeah. And so I, I was expecting tell. something to look a bit more a bit bigger. 
But uh, overall, like the car looks pretty much the same as the F56, except when you start looking at it from behind, like three quarters behind, then it looks like the uh, the rear bumper like is falling off the you know to the ground, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's um, got hips. It's got hips on the back where yeah, it flattens yeah. out. Um, yeah. so it, it kind of flares out a little bit farther. The car sitting side by side, an F55 and an F56 right next to each other you can tell the differences for the most part like i think the f55 sits a little bit higher this may have been on shipping blocks i don't know yeah but um you're right Alex. i need, I need to go check one of those i'm it is, one person i need to go look at it it is hard to tell these two apart until you see the rear door handles really you're, you're gonna be going what so yep, yep. on that hand you get the style of a mini you get the handling of a mini but you know what? You get back doors so you can get a kid in and out of the back in a car seat or, you know, a dog or, you know, take people to lunch, you know, small people anyway. Um, I, uh, I still think it's going to be a success. Now, here's what I told uh, the sales manager after I got in and out of the back of this car. I said, you know, people are waiting for this. They're going to come in and they're going to see it. And what I'd recommend to people is get in and out of the back seat, see what you think, then go to the hard top, the two-door hard top, and get in and out of the back of that and then see what you think. And I think it's going to be a coin toss which one you're going to get. I mean, there's more versatility with the extra doors, but I don't think there I still think the even the two-door hardtop is eminently practical. So, that's yeah. just that may just well, be me. I don't know. I rode in the back seat of the F56. I I thought there was bad. plenty of room back there, so I don't think it's and bad. You Ton of headroom. I didn't have to turn my head sideways. And there's a little bit more room in in uh, F55, but the the access and egress is not yeah. quite as uh, comfortable as I would have expected. But hey, yeah, because the F56 is a really actually a pretty decent back seat. I rode back there for an entire day. I didn't think it was horrible. Yeah, I didn't think it was bad at all. Once you're in there, it's okay. So I think that's the the biggest thing. Yeah. And if you're very tall at all, I mean, I'm like six feet, and I hit my head getting in and so you kind of got to pay I, attention uh, now i'm not now i'm intrigued i'll have to go by my dealer try to get by there this weekend and check that car out yeah i want to know what you guys think so go find an f55 get in and out of the back seat let me know what you think it's it's not impossible it's just one of those like oh this is kind of unexpectedly tight and you kind of you know fold yourself in it's like mm-hmm. okay i can see that right right so anyway. moving on yeah. Moving on. Um, mini story at the BMW Museum. A document of an auto car. That's actually really cool. That was very cool. Um, yeah, it was nice. really pretty. It's pretty nice. So click over to click over there, and you can actually see all the pictures uh, <laughs> over at autocar.co.uk. And um, it's actually a, a really nice spread, so it's something worth checking out. Yeah. And, and then finally, uh, let's talk about James Brown. Can I count it off? Okay. One, two, three, four. Get up. James Brown. Okay. Well, we're talking about James Brown shoes. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chad, there we go. Um, in, in honor so, of DB. In, in honor of me, um, Aston Martin, one of our favorite car brands. I mean, let's be honest. Who among us does not um, enjoy an Aston Martin? We love All British of us cars. Do, right? Come on, we love British yeah. cars. We, yeah. love, we like British cars. We especially like the Astons. Uh, there's a new one coming out, and that would be the DB10. Um, named after me, I fully approved the name. They they contacted me. They sent guys in black cars and helicopters. They took me to lunch. You know, they let me order whatever I wanted at McDonald's off the kids' meal. It was awesome. Can I um, can I say it looks a little bit like um, everything? Yes, from, yes, yeah. It looks a little bit a little like bit. the the F the Jaguar um, yeah, F type. Looks, 
coupe. Yep. Uh, it also looks a little bit like a, a Ferrari. It's a got, little bit. It's got a little yep. bit of that. That um, I want to call it. It, the it looks GT a little bit look. like everything, and at the same time, it still kind of looks like an Aston. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's so different. here's the thing: don't get too excited about this particular model, though, gang. You're only making ten. <laughs> We're only going to make ten, <laughs> which means it's going to be like a million five each or something, too, right? <laughs> but no, there's right. only nine left because DB ordered. I did. I ordered one. I didn't really. Oh, but you think there'd be only be nine one left because they'd be using it in the next James Bond film. That is not the case at all. I don't know if you guys saw this on the internet this week, but somehow they're sneaking a Fiat five hundred into the next James Bond movie. I just threw. Oh. I just threw up a little in my mouth. Yeah, me too. Just <laughs> what? I, I totally mean, threw up in my mouth. I, I didn't even bother keeping a mouth. I just let it go. I got this big mess on my desk. Anyway, so you guys remember, like, I'm, I'm curious if this is going to be, like, is it going to be James James's car, so he's going to have the Fiat 500 or be the James Bond car for the whole movie? Or is it going to be more like uh, like Todd mentioned before the show, like uh, in the Bourne movie, the first Bourne movie, where they had that classic mini, that really awesome classic mini car chase through whatever city they were in. I do. Is it going to be just like that? I hope they beat the shit out of the car or whatever it is. I, I would, like, roll it. <laughs> <laughs> hit it with hit it with like building demolisher the big wrecking balls yeah um, my, all of that thing catch it on my fire prediction, yeah yeah exactly yeah my prediction is that it's going to be one of the bonds girls uh car because one of the actresses is actually french and there's like tons of fiat 500 in paris so i don't know maybe there's a scene in paris the if fiat, she's driving a fiat 500 yeah the fiat 500 and, is very much a chick car yes i, I would have to agree and, uh, you know, and let's let's be honest. At least they chose the 500, not the 500 XL. There we go. Oh my god! Oh my god! That is horrible. That is on the one of the. Uh, uh, by the way, one of the lists I saw this past week. One of the least reliable cars. Uh, oh really? By as rated by Consumer Reports. Yeah, had like the top ten least reliable cars. So of all the, last of the car lists came to your internet this week. Is that what you're saying? They did. Basically? I got I got <laughs> so many of those. Uh, the other those the ones. other one was uh, 15 cars that look that look faster than they are. Yep, yep, and the Mini Cooper, the Cooper Coupe, Coupe. Cooper Coupe was in that list, duh. Was on that list of cars that look faster. They you know, should be faster, but they're really not. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's fine because it's going to go away very soon. Yeah, there we go, I finally. A, I would drive a Cooper Coupe, though, oddly enough. Yeah. Because to me, a Coupe, I look at a Cooper Coupe, and I'm thinking, you know, that's the... That is the that is the the the, Fiat, the Pontiac Fiero done the correct way, <laughs> and you, you don't have to have a mullet to drive it. Don't drive a mullet. You, you, it's, it's not a reskinned Chevrolet Chevette. No, you know it's actually a decent car. Good handling. It's low on power because it's only got 120 horsepower, That's... but you get good gas mileage. Perfect commuter vehicle. Two seater. Done and done. I still hit my head getting in and out of that thing too. Yeah, well, that's because you're tall. Yeah. Gosh, tall drink of water. So, I gotta stretch my shit out. Yeah. All right, so I, I think we're done with news from motoringfile.com. I think so. You guys? Okay, okay. All right, I'm not gonna say. So, really, really what are you quick, gonna say? Yeah. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna say? No, I, I was gonna ask us a question. He always has to ask us if he. Can no, 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 it's not. It's not a question. It's just like the the. I think it's a good topic. The the demise of the roadster and the coupe and no, and no, see what's okay. coming up. No, okay, it's, it's no time. Well, right. yeah, we'll talk about that next week because we'll expand on it a little bit because it was floating around this past week and there's still all kinds of theories, if you will. So we'll save that. Yeah, we'll pin it we'll for next week. Sure. We'll all do right. it next week because um, then we can talk more about the, the Superleggera and also if you guys haven't already, you can go over and download your Superleggera desktop wallpapers. And that is make- a sexy car. Man. 
even is. that it's a you know and that it's electric yeah. i think i like i like a lot i don't care that's it means it's fast it's uh the i3 the bmw i3 by the way is the fastest production bmw ever from zero to 30 miles an hour <laughs> 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 that's part of the sales literature that's part of the sales literature. it's faster than the i8 no i don't think it's faster than the i8 now it's but faster than the it I8. came out before the i8 so for a very short time it was it the was. fastest production mini production bmw ever from zero to thirty miles an hour. Yeah. So what happened up to thirty miles an hour? Well, <laughs> it's it's as fast flat. as it goes. Your maximum <laughs> speed. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> you know, and and since you mentioned that, I keep there's a couple of those that I see on my daily commute now. Yeah. It's not Me an too. attractive car. It's it's I, not I horrible. Like it. It's not no. horrible, but I think they could have done a little bit better. So I think in the right trim and the right colors, it looks better. I, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think it's an attractive. I don't think the i three is an attractive car. I, I saw really one. In, I saw one in all white, and that was a pretty good looking car. And maybe, maybe just all the colors and it just looks. It looks chunky to me. It, it looks, looks like, like an, it looks as techish. Well, since, you know, it looks like you need to get out of the car wearing Birkenstocks and you know yeah. hemp clothing is what it does. Possibly, and it looks like a Aztec. Mm, maybe a little bit. It's it's a little yeah. bit. I don't but, know. I just don't find it attractive. It's designed the, for aerodynamics, thought, and you know, for the thought of it, it intrigues me to no end. Of course, I would love to drive an electric car, but I don't know if I could drive that electric car. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What am I to say? <laughs> they'll I mean, be giving. They'll be giving them away soon. They'll be making know, deals on. But them I don't like soon. eggs, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's remind you guys one more of our favorite sponsors here underneath the white roof, and that of course our, our good friends over at OutMotoring.com. Christmas time coming up around the corner. First of all, you guys should have already subscribed to the OutMotoring.com newsletter. That way, you've already got your five percent discount coupon. So when you go to do your Mini Cooper Christmas shopping at OutMotoring.com, you've got that nice five percent coupon. So you've done that, and then you're going to click over to OutMotoring.com, and you're going to find that you can get anything for any Mini. Over there at what? Over there at uh, outmotoring.com, which is very, very cool stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter if you've got a new mini, if you've got an old mini, uh, it's all there. Interior, interior bits, exterior bits, go fast parts, tools, car care products, um, all the really nice uh, gear that we like, the hats, the shirts, the shoes, the watches. All of it over at outmotoring.com. Once you guys click over there, add a bunch of stuff to your cart and then go to checkout, get your 5% discount coupon out of your inbox and apply it. And then also make sure that when you place your order that you leave a note and saying that you really appreciate them supporting the White Roof Radio. Uh, we like it when you do that. And so do they. That, of course, our friends over at Outmotoring, outmotoring.com. Mini performance, speed and Craven speed intake F56. Uh, that's outmotoring.com. That looks like a really nice piece. Chad, have you seen that yet? Have you installed one by chance? One of those Craven F56 intakes? Not yet. It looks super nice. Have you worked on an F56 yet, Chad? A little bit. Uh, A couple things. We've done uh, a wheel swap. Uh, Okay. We've done almost an oil change. We we took one apart a little bit. I took the front bumper. I finally took a front bumper off of one. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yep. I've, I've, I've offered to the local people here. It's like, hey, let me play with your car. I will do things for free. Yeah, bring it we in. Wanna, we want to get our hands on them. So yeah. So over. so t- <clears throat> talking about the front bumper, I was looking at the uh, you know that that post from uh, from uh, about the museum, right? And there is like right. they have all the they have all the concept cars, and one of them is one of the latest one is the it's the new Clubman, right? Right. And I'm looking at the bumper of the, the front bumper of the Clubman, which is you know beautiful Much because better. this is the right way to make a bumper right so i'm wondering what, what happened in the design studio right they're like it's a trend well, it's, do, it's a trend 
I'm convinced now it is a complete trend in the automotive industry. If you look at everything from a Toyota Corolla to a Toyota Camry to a Mazda to the they Mini, all they all have this ridiculously ugly, huge front grille. And I please, I pray to God that this trend goes away very soon. And so I was trying to imagine what, what happened in the design studio at this point. They were like, okay, so guys, we have those two bumpers uh, that we have to choose from. Let's start with the very ugly one because we won't be able to do better than the really good one. So at least we have something to give people for the refresh. That's that's probably what happened <laughs> like when they made the decision, right? Because why would you like what happened in terms of uh you know like the the the, the thinking behind like the design of the entire thing because they are not they are designing those cars like years in advance, right? And so the Clement was probably, you know, the design process for the Clement was probably happening at the same time as the S56 in some in some ways, right? Uh -huh. So they didn't get like a crazy, you know, crazy idea for designing the front bumper and making it look really nice just like a couple of months after the F56 went out. I'm pretty sure that bumper like existed has been in existence for a long time. Oh, I agree. And so I don't understand why you would go for the ugly one and not for the nice Ryan right from the get go, except for the fact that you you need to give something people new for the for the refresh. That's it. Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a that's a design discussion that we could have for for days, and I can't wait to get. We need to get Gabe on the show and talk about that. And uh, man, as soon as Gabe's done being a famous world famous rock star, uh, <laughs> in, in fact, he wanted to be on the show so badly tonight because uh, because of what's coming up, uh, he actually offered to Skype in from Wi-Fi on an airplane. Yeah, but I shot no. him down because the Wi-Fi connection is really poor. But that's how bad he wanted because he wanted to be in on this interview that we're going to roll into here just about now. And that was with uh, the CEO of Petrolicious.com. Somebody say the name for me because I'll say it wrong. Afshin Benia. Thank you. Let's go and play that interview now. It's Afshin, it's really good to have you uh, have you on the show. I know um, for our uh, listeners who aren't familiar with Petrolicious, um, tell people about what you do over at your site there. Sure. Uh, Petrolicious is a site uh, dedicated to vintage car culture. Uh, we create uh, original content uh, in the form of short films and uh, lots of uh, articles that celebrate the entire vintage car lifestyle. So it's not just, it's definitely, I wouldn't describe it as a car site, although it's mainly automotive, but um, we, uh, uh, we cover all kinds of things about uh, um, culture, travel, um, design, and uh, you know all the various non-mechanical things that we love about vintage cars. Uh, in addition to obviously the the car itself, uh, we uh, our short films cover uh, interesting stories about various owners and their connections to their cars, and uh, and we like to cover uh, all sorts of cars, not not limited to any particular price range or decade uh we've done films from ranging from let's say mini cooper to the unobtainable uh ferrari 250 gto and everything in between oh. and uh spanning decades from the 30s to the early 90s yeah i uh um i've been poking around I, I love the site and and the quality of your videos is amazing and for uh people who have not um been to Petrolicious and looked at this, you can just get lost in the videos. It is so much fun to watch, and uh, I'm a big fan of the classic mini video that you did with the kid in uh, Ontario. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Sumner is a, a real nice guy. He's come to a couple of our events as well, so really a uh, great guy to drive with as well. Yeah, it's absolutely it's awesome. 
So to uh, to talk to uh, Todd's comment, uh, one of the things you know, obviously, beside the fact that you know people are getting hooked on petrol shows, obviously car fans, uh, but also getting hooked because of the quality of the videos and the quality of the of the posts that you guys are making. So uh, can you can you tell us a little bit about how uh, petrol shows came about and who's beside you, who's part of the team, and what's you know a little bit the background of the team and and how you guys are able to achieve such you know high quality uh, videos. Sure thing. Uh, so Petrolicious was a uh, a dream project of mine uh, that I was kind of mulling over in my head for a couple of years. While uh, before Petrolicious, I had uh, a more serious uh, daytime job, which was um, I had a software company and uh, was uh, uh, running that before and ended up selling that at the end of 2011. Um, so after the exit of the software company, I had the means and the time to be able to launch Petrolicious and, and start to actually get serious about the project that I had in mind. And the reason I had the project in mind to begin with was really it was a, uh, um, you know, at the time I was, uh, I've always been really into cars. So um, I'm very hungry for interesting car content uh, like you guys are, I'm sure. So, uh, and especially, you know, more vintage cars as well. Um, and uh, it was very hard to find interesting, well-done videos on YouTube um, covering vintage cars. And uh, that was the impetus for, for it. And I think, you know, combination of, uh, of the lack of that content and seeing how much fun the Top Gear guys were having with their show, you said, hey, this looks good. Why don't we try something like this? And uh, um, not having any, any uh, experience uh, in uh, producing films, um, I was very lucky enough to be uh, married to uh, someone who is uh, uh, who's an executive creative producer at Disney for uh, over ten years, and um, who you know had that experience. So my wife is my co-founder, and she's the genius behind the quality of the videos that you see. And uh, I just help with the, uh, the the content a little bit and uh, making sure that everything is appealing to a car person as well. Well, they're incre- uh, they're incredible, absolutely. I mean, I just I, once again applaud you on the quality of that uh, of what you do there. You just you get lost in these videos, even if you're not interested in the the content of it. They're so well produced, and that's why I recommend people go take a look at these um, to you. see. And there's there's quite a bit for our listeners, you know, specific to Mini Coopers, and we have a lot of BMW fans too. There's quite a bit of information on Petrolicious uh, about both of those cars. In addition, so um, and I know a little bit about your background. Uh, uh, well, for- you forgot to say. In addition to the Toyota Sports 800, I'm watching that video right now. <laughs> Holy crap! I want, I, I want to drive that car. Yeah, I, I like the classical Japanese cars too. I think they're cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean this is the this is the main problem when you're watching petrol issues because after watching one of those videos, you're either gonna go broke because you want to buy all the cars, <laughs> or you're gonna get arrested because you're gonna drive like crazy. I mean, this almost happened to me once. So, anyways, go on. <laughs> keep, keep, well, keep the going. other thing that can happen is, uh, you know, <laughs> another another impetus for starting petrol issues was really um, people tell me that whenever I'm really passionate about something, I become contagious. So this was kind of also to spread the passion for. Uh, vintage cars and and uh, and it's really getting uh, based on the feedback that I get from a lot of our fans and viewers 
that's really happened quite a bit. We get lots of emails from people saying, hey, I never really knew about this such and such a car, but now I love it. I want one. Or I never was really into vintage cars. I never thought about them. But now after seeing these films, I'm really into it. And it and I actually, interestingly enough, uh, um, had the same effect on myself, too, because I, growing up, I was always really into the European cars and just watching some of the films that we've done on the American and the Japanese cars really made me appreciate them a lot more as well. So, uh, tell for the for the sake of our listeners, um, tell us a little bit about your first experience. What kind of turned you into a car person, even from a very young age? Yeah, from a very young age, I remember it really distinctly. Um, uh, I was born in Iran, so we were living in Iran, and I was uh, four years old, and uh, this was 1974. And uh, my mom comes home with a brand new 74 uh, BMW 2002. Oh, I mean, nice. Yeah. That's a nice car. Oh, tell me it was mint green. Oh, it was mint green. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> That's amazing. And, and yeah, I just fell in love with that car and, uh, you know, everything about it, just the way it looked, the way it sounded, um, how it drove. And, you know, BMWs were and Mercedes were pretty popular in Iran back in the day and uh, so I just started to just become very aware of cars and become kind of, you know, like most kids who are into cars, just recognize everything just from a little bit of detail and so forth. So that's how I first fell in love with cars. And uh, and uh, I kind of grew up really being into BMWs and, uh, and and mainly the German cars and so forth and uh, ended up with a number of those uh, in the past. And... Uh, you know, I actually owned a couple of new, the new minis as well, uh, most recently. So, oh, that's uh, awesome! So, you, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of you got some BMW and and mini in your history, then. For sure, yeah, that's incredible. What do you think of the of the new mini? I know you're familiar with the classics, also, but uh, in comparison, right. what are your thoughts on it? Well, I had the first generation new mini um, in a Cooper S, and absolutely loved that. So, I had that for three years, and. After that, I got the second generation one in a John Cooper Works uh, trim, and nice. that was like, uh, to me, that was like the perfect city car. Uh, and I had this at the same time that I had a BMW M Coupe, which I think is one of the all-time greatest cars ever made. I have one of those uh, in my garage right now. I have a uh, you really? yeah, 2003 M Coupe in my garage right now. Oh, very nice. The Laguna uh, Seca Blue. Yeah. Yeah, mine was Laguna Seca Blue as well. Oh, uh, amazing. Yeah, and I was a fool for selling it, but... Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I, I love the new Mini. The the latest one, um, I haven't test driven yet. I think they did a good job with the look. It does seem to be getting a little bit too big though. Um, but that, that's kind of the that, that's kind of the running theme, I think, among enthusiasts a little bit. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's amazing. I mean, I think all of us started. I still have my uh, my 2006 uh, John Cooper Works. I have the GP edition of the Mini. Um, oh, nice. So and I love that. It's my daily driver. And I think you're right. That is the perfect. Uh, just daily car. It is so much fun, and it's it's so fast. In addition to that, uh, that but it's fun to drive every day. So oh yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Have you ever had any experience with the classics? Other than I know you've done a couple of interviews and and some things mm-hmm. for your site. Yeah, um, I actually currently have a modest collection of classic Alfa Romeos. Um, wow. Yeah, okay. A, that's. It's very brave of you, I should say. Also, <laughs> very brave. <laughs> well, even braver do, do, is. Do is most that, of them run? <laughs> not only do most of them run, but they're actually my daily drivers as well. Wow! So, oh, Impre- wow. I am I am impressed beyond right now. <laughs> so, so what, what what do you have? So what, which one do you have exactly? 
So these days I've been driving around in a 69 uh, Berlina, which is a four-door sedan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I kind of, my daily drivers, I trade between that one and I have a pair of uh, 74 GTVs, one that is completely stock, the other one that is very hot rodded and modified. Um, then f- for weekends, I have uh, a 56 Giulietta Spider, a 65 Giulia uh, Sprint Speciale, um, a 1960 Giulietta Sprint Zagato, um, a 56 Giulietta uh, Berlina. Uh, Man, I like uh, that Berlina a lot. I would rock that car. That's oh yeah, rad. yeah. The Berlina is really cool. That might be the that might be the image for this week's show. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is an amazing collection of uh, of alphas. I I I don't have much experience. I dated a girl in high school whose parents had an. Um, the 86, 1986 Spider. That was mm. as close as I ever got to it. And um, I stopped dating her. She turned out to be crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Alpha drivers usually are pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, my, that's my extent of uh, experience with the Alphas. But what are your thoughts on the new, um, uh, on the horizon, they say next year, they're coming out with a, an Alpha that everybody's predicting is going to be a three series competitor, kind of a, a, a new sedan. What are your thoughts on that? I'm really eager to see what they come out with. Um, I'm pretty optimistic. I, you know, I don't love the looks of the 4C, but I think they've done a very good job with it. it. Even though I don't love it, it's actually I find it a very desirable car for what it stands for, being all carbon fiber, you know, small, lightweight, um, purely focused on performance. So I really appreciate what they've done with that. Um, and uh, and you know, that's supposed to be a more of a halo car, limited production. So I'm really eager to see what they do with their uh, with their sedan. I know it's going to be real wheel drive, maybe even all wheel drive trim, but uh, no idea how it's going to look. Um, but I'm but I'm being optimistic. Yeah, well, and that's funny. I, I'm just interested because I see you're a, a classic Alpha fan, and then you know, moving into the next generation of of stuff on the horizon, it kind of follows along with um, you know Mini Cooper. Uh, uh, enthusiasts, if you will, who were fans of the classics from the 50s and 60s, and then the new generation. Now, not all of them made that transfer, uh, uh, you know, the uh, transition to being fans. There was kind of a chasm in the early 2000s. I'm sure you know, as you uh, had had one of the new ones. Oh but, yeah, but uh, and yeah. the same sentiment is for sure true amongst um, kind of like the diehard classic alpha uh, fans. Um, you know, for them, Alpha died when they got bought by Fiat and when they went to front-wheel drive, etc. And I don't think they're ever going to... Some of them are never going to forgive Alfa Romeo. And to them, anything after, I don't know, uh, 79 is not an Alpha. Right. Um, but, you know, I think uh, Alpha uh, needs to cater to a, to a new audience. And, uh, um, and you know, it, it's too bad if, if some of those classic alpha lovers won't you know at least consider uh the new stuff coming out well and i really do think that the the comparison can be made to to mini when uh, uh bmw bought it and kind of brought it into the next generation and um how alpha kind of wants to capitalize on the the classic the history anyway a lot of people love you know are enthusiasts uh, of those classic alphas and it's maybe not so much in the US as it is in Europe and that's what i think's a little hard because there aren't a- as many um do you think you know classic alphas in the US i may be wrong about that you tell me 
Well, I think actually kind of uh, the reason they're not as popular in the U.S. is because they've been absent in the U.S. since 95. Yeah. But in fact, I think yes. in, in the U.S. Uh, there is quite a bit of uh, the classics around, especially especially here in California. Um, and I'm sure probably uh, on the East Coast, too. Uh, uh, so there is a pretty healthy uh, classic alpha community. But the younger generation, because alpha hasn't been around as new cars um, it's a brand that many people don't even know about. Uh, so I think that's the challenge that Alfa Romeo has in in uh, establishing itself. Well, and I don't even know what the reputation was even in the in the late '80s when when that was kind of they were kind of popular a bit, like that that '86 Spider. That's a classic look. I don't think mm-hmm. it. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure the reliability of it made a lot of uh, a lot of fans at the time. I, I may be wrong about that. <laughs> Yeah, the reliability was actually never as bad as, say, Fiat at the time. Yes, yes. And, uh, I can speak to that on the Fiat. I had a Fiat uh, that seized on me once. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, probably there's just a, just kind of a general negative impression of county yeah. reliability, which is probably unfounded, especially today. Right. Um, so they've got to overcome that. Just kind of like even maybe Jaguar might have a negative impression uh, yeah, just because it's exactly. British, but again, it's unfounded and it's kind of old way of thinking. It may have been true in the eighties, but yeah, it's well, not really. Yeah, it's a difficult sell for the U.S. because you know what's their distribution chain in the mm-hmm. United States is what's going to be difficult. Is where you know to to grow that brand. And I think Mini had the same kind of issue uh, when they came out in two thousand two, but they kind of partnered with BMW and you know went into existing BMW dealers. So. Yeah, I think BMW did it, pulled it off, you know, absolutely perfectly in establishing a sub-brand. You know, the dealership, you have a different experience when you go to the mini side of the things. Um, what I'm actually really concerned about with Alpha is, you know, you're going into a Chrysler dealership where right. I'm sure you've, you've experienced the difference in the quality of service or oh, yeah. uh, or just experience when you go into a, an American car dealership versus some, something like a BMW or an Audi or a Porsche. Yeah. And uh, they're going to be selling these alphas with the same type of uh, approach as uh, as a Chrysler. I don't think it's going to work so well. Yeah, as a no. as a minivan, it, it, is, it is a little sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is sad. It is sad. Yeah, yeah, it's very sad. So, so going back to uh, to the videos themselves and to the the production in general. So, what is the process of creating a, a petrolicious story? Like, what what is the the candidate selection process you know how much time does it take to actually uh, have everything set up from the from the start to the finish to the release of the the actual video uh, do you guys have some kind of preference in regards to the types of vehicles obviously there is like some uh, date range i understand that you only select cars from a, a certain date range and also uh, on the location can you can you tell us a little bit about all of that uh, certainly so um, first and foremost, what we look for is an interesting and strong story. Um, so the story is is at least equally, if not more important than the the, than the type of car. Uh, so we've turned down people who've approached us with some pretty exciting cars, but they just didn't have an interesting story to tell. So there's we couldn't make a film about it. So uh, we you know unfortunately had to say no. Uh, so that's the, the that's the most important thing. Um, and then with regard to the cars, uh, you know, the sweet spot is really 60s, 70s, and 80s. But, you know, we've covered things from the 50s, even um, done one pre-war and done a couple of films that span into the early 90s. So uh, so the, the range is pretty wide open. 
Um, and then as far as the process of finding the candidates, uh, it's a number of ways. Um, you know, we do a lot of outreach. Um, uh, when, for example, we'll go to local events or, um, you know, just through our own, our own network. Uh, uh, once you uh, meet a collector, they might know somebody else and they might know another person, etc. But now um, a lot of people also uh, come to us. They say, hey, I have a friend who has such and such a car. I think there'll be a great candidate for you. Or they, they uh, you know, propose themselves as a, as a subject. So, so it's a little bit both inbound as well as outbound outreach that we do to try to find people. And, uh, you know, location-wise, obviously we'll, we're based in Los Angeles, so most of our videos are shot here. But we've also traveled uh, various places um, uh, to New York and Connecticut area, Texas, Northern California, Italy, and, uh, uh, and shot you know, number of videos in those locations as well. And we try to, you know, kind of line up a number of uh, candidates uh, so that we can make the most out of each trip whenever we go somewhere else. Okay, that's, that's yeah, I mean, that's... Uh that, that that's very interesting. So so uh, the the diversity is obviously very uh, very visible and uh, on the website. And me personally, I've always been attracted to the BMW videos just because I'm a long time BMW fan. But also, uh, one of the, the the video I think was uh, in San Francisco about the skyline. Yes, uh, the Nissan Skyline made me actually, you know, made me uh, become very interested in old, you know, I mean, old vintage Japanese sports car. And uh, there's a lot of interesting vehicle uh, in in that area as well. Um, so, what what is uh, how long does it usually take you guys to actually build and create that six to ten minutes video? Is it is it like a, a lot of work? Does it? Can you tell yeah. us a bit about? What? Sure, it's uh, it's definitely a lot of pre-production work in terms of. Um, you know, making sure we have the right candidate, they have a good story, and uh, uh, coordinating schedules and everything like that. And then the shoot itself, we try to always contain it to one day, although there's been a few times where we've had to go back and do some pickup shots or something like that. Um, but so the shooting is, is, is done in, in a full day. And then uh, after that, it's anywhere from, you know, on the very, very short side, maybe two days of editing, but typically three to four, sometimes a little bit more. Okay. Nice. All right. I don't, know, I don't know about you guys. I could sit here and I swear I could watch this SS Chevelle video like over and over all day long. <laughs> well, and I think that's what makes the, the this site so appealing is the range of cars. Like you said, it's it's everything from you know your your most affordable you know t classic Toyota whatever to you know Ferraris and uh, some great cars. And I think it's um, attainable things. And it's funny because I've often thought myself, I'd love a classic car, but I work with cars every day, and um, the last thing I want to do is work on a car as a, as a, I don't want to work on my own car, so I'm a big fan of new cars, but I love the enthusiasm for old vehicles and the passion I see people put into that. And one of the things you said very early uh, this evening was how that's infectious, Um when when you sense that and i sense that in in what you do and what you put into this and the people you interview and i think that's one of the things that's appealing about classic cars and the and enthusiasts in general is that that passion for all kinds of cars whether it's you know you share the exact passion it's infectious and uh, just talking or seeing that is amazing yeah that's that's the fun part about the the culture and the scene is just getting 
together with uh, other enthusiasts and uh, sharing experiences. And I love your tagline, drive tastefully. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> is, that really, is that really trademarked? I see the trademark there. It is, yes. That is incredible. <laughs> that is incredible. I should make some decals for you to sell like that. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely awesome. Well, any other questions we've got here, Alex, to wrap up before we let Ashton go? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think one. I mean, it's two, uh, two, two, uh, two don't, questions and don't another ask about boxers or briefs. Don't ask them about boxers. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I want. That. So, okay. so can you, uh, can you? Because when I, sometimes when I watch those videos and I'm, some of my friend made the comment and we're like, yeah, but all those people have tons of money, so that's why they can afford like to have vintage cars on the side and stuff. And it's actually inaccurate because I, you know, some of the videos you have is uh, just about basically kids you know uh, uh maintaining their own cars and and bag you know uh, parts you know here and there to make sure like the car keeps on going so can you can you can you tell people that you actually don't have to be a millionaire to own a vintage car and that pretty much anybody can can get started and do you have any advice on you know how to get started on vintage car very high level advice for sure yeah that's absolutely a false uh uh, thing to think that you have to have a lot of money to get into vintage cars and especially vintage you know today an 80s car is vintage um, and there's so many nice fun to drive uh, beautiful uh, cars from the 80s that can be picked up for a song um, you know I love for example the E28 um, 5 series from the 80s and you can yes. get you know a non-M version for 5 grand or something like that and, uh, and that can be your daily driver you know in, in our videos there's been plenty of people who uh, we feature their one and only car, and that's their daily driver, and they maintain it, and and uh, and that's it. Um, so, you know, many times it can actually be cheaper than buying a new car, uh, that you know, a new interesting car at least. Um, so, yeah, you absolutely do not need a ton of money to get started in it. Um, other favorites of mine, I, I love to recommend like a a uh, um, early seventies uh, Alfa Romeo Spider, which is maybe again about five grand and. You know, maybe that you, you want to want as your daily driver just because it's a two-seater and uh, uh, a little bit older, but uh, it, it certainly can be. Uh, and uh, like I said myself, I, my daily drivers are 69 to 74 Alphas. Uh, and, and currently I don't own a modern car except for my 2008 Alfa Romeo HC uh, Competizione, which I use for road trips and stuff. Um, well, you need to get another. You need to get one of the new minis. Uh, you know, I'm in the market for a new car, and uh, because I have a, uh, uh, we have a baby on the way. So, um, congrats! Thank you very much. So I've been, you know, thinking about what to get, and the new mini four door was intriguing. But I've seen it in person; it looks really chunky. Um, so you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, I, I'm still going to test drive it and consider that, or if not that, maybe a three series. Go drive yeah. that. Go drive that new four door and see what you think. Get an yeah. old GLH. What's that? Oh yeah, <laughs> the old GLH. The exactly. Car. So, so um, is there anything uh, that you wanna you wanna talk about in regards to what's next for Petrolicious and where you guys are heading? Like, is there any you know special things you'd you'd like you can share with us, or uh, is it you know yeah, drop, we're, drop the sure. bomb? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're actually working on a number of new initiatives. Um, some of which I prefer to you know keep as a surprise, but I can tell you about sure. a couple of things coming out. Um, there's going to be a, a pretty uh, significant redesign to the site, which will make it mobile friendly and make it a lot nice. easier to uh, rediscover old content and just a much more modern experience while still keeping the vintage aesthetic. Um, so that should be coming out in uh, maybe towards the end of Q1 next year. 
And uh, we're also going to be launching a store uh, early next year. So oh, excellent. For, yeah, so look for some uh, Petrolicious and other products uh, to be featured on the store. Outstanding. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Okay, one, one final question because I know you've, you've driven cars all over the world and the United States and all kinds of different cars. What are some of your favorite roads in the world to drive in, in anything? Sure. Um, so here in California, I mean, this is just a classic cliche, but I, I love making the road trip up to Big Sur on the one. Yeah, uh, I did that show. in reverse. I started in Monterey and drove yeah, down, and down to Santa way. Barbara. I loved that, and I agree. Yeah, and it's, it's just so beautiful. It's romantic. It's great drives. Um, the, the road has a lot of uh, 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 variety and so forth. So I just love that trip. Um, and then uh, uh, in Italy, uh, where my wife is actually from, and we actually keep a 68 GTV in Italy as well for our road trips, um, we love the roads around uh, Siena in southern Tuscany, um, where some of the Milamilia actually goes through there. So again, beautiful combination of um, just gorgeous scenery, great drives, lots of twisties, and best of all, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere, you stop at a place for lunch or whatever, and it's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, so, I love that because... Great, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you could find... Man, this guy... Man, you drive like the coolest cars. I don't think you could find a bad road in the cars that you're driving. A 68 GTV? Wow, that would be fantastic. In Italy, no and no less. And and oh. my only hopes is to go there. I, I want to visit uh, uh, Torino someday. My Although Bertoni is now out of business. That's where my GP was built at, the, oh, nice. at, at Bertoni there. One of the last things they did before they went completely bankrupt and out of business. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but I'd love to go to Italy and drive. So that's amazing. Yeah, I had some great advice, especially since I'm uh, I'm planning I'm actually going next summer. So that's a uh, very useful advice. Good. Yeah. Um, email me. I'll give you some more tips as well. Sure. Definitely. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Ashton, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we're going to direct all of our listeners over to petrolicious.com. Check out the videos. There'll be, there'll be a link in the show notes, and there's already a video on White Roof Radio's Facebook page. Oh, there's so much fun, so much fun. We wish you the best of luck with it, and uh, and next year, you know, the redesign and and the store coming. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks Take so much. Care. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Afshin. Thanks Benia. again to Ash Afshin. Afshin Benia. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> for joining us tonight from Petrolicious.com. Click over to Petrolicious.com. Make sure you subscribe in your favorite RSS reader. Click over to the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the cool videos that they make. It's all really awesome stuff. And uh, we'll pay attention to him when they make those changes he was talking about, maybe adding a store and that kind of thing. Well, I'll let you guys know about it because that's cool stuff. Yeah. I think it's cool. Anyway, uh, we're done for tonight. Does anybody have anything else? Alex, would you have any more questions you'd like to ask us questions about? No, I do not have any questions. <laughs> okay. Well, very good. Then uh, one other thing I want to remind you guys about, motoringbadges.com. Christmas, hello, motoringbadges.com and DetroitTune.com, please. Thank you. Don't forget, those are all the fine places you can buy stuff for Christmas here underneath the white roof. Uh, and we like to support all the sponsors of the show as much as possible. And, of course, DetroitTuned.com. Boom. Uh, but, yeah, we're done for tonight. So this is the part of the show where I like to make the funny clicking sound. And then I say, questions, comments, or concerns, you can go ahead and click back over to WhiteRoofRadio.com. There you can leave us a note in the show notes. You can also email us feedback at WhiteRoofRadio.com. Until next week, gang, this is DB. I'm done. Cheers. See ya. A bientôt.